Morning, handsome. Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters in sunny Oakland, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is your Evening Handsome. Today I'm joined in the studio here at Handsome Headquarters by my illustrious co-host, Sean Moses. Hello, Sean. Evening, uh, handsome. Evening, handsome. How are you doing this uh, fine evening in Oakland, California? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be here on the evening session of the Handsome Broadcast. Uh, well, you know, it's a new thing we started this week. We're really enjoying being handsome in the evening, so we're glad you could join us this evening. So, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on today. Um, Muammar Gaddafi. Yes. Uh, or Gaddafi. I, um, has I hear, been, I'm hearing words, yeah. I'm has been killed words. today. Um, he was uh, resisted uh, his captors or his uh, invaders as they um, invaded the city of Sirta, I believe. Uh, and uh, he tried to fight back, Gaddafi did, when they tried to take him. And uh, so they uh, shot him with, uh, I believe, first a pistol, and then they drove him around on a truck, uh, kind of show off everybody, hey, look, we killed this bastard. Um, and then he was, uh, they found his, uh, his head uh, was all red. So probably beaten to death in the head or shot in the head, something fun like that. So he's gone, no more of his ranting at the UN or his uh, crazy uh, outfits. Uh, I think the really the most uh, the important question we have to ask right now is how did you spell Qaddafi? I mean, were you a K man, a Q man? Uh, uh, what was your preferred spelling? You know, I usually went with the a G, no H, no silent H. Ah, the get the G A F F A D I. Yeah, I did do. I did. I, I did use that particular spelling of, of uh, Colonel Qaddafi's name. Okay. It's, it was simple, it was elegant, it was a good way to describe him, so, you know, I went with it, so, you know, that's pretty much it. That's good, cut that. Yeah, so, um, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things have, have uh, transpired uh, recently. Uh, the iPhone 4S came out, and a lot of people have been saying um, that the S is for Steve, um, but the S is actually for Siri, who is the the robot girl inside the iPhone that talks to you. Um, and, you know, in a rather sad uh, <laughs> series of events, um, I got um, my iPhone 4S uh, and Siri on the same day that uh, my girlfriend and I broke up. So it was kind of like... It was time. It was time to make the transfer into an electronic girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it was time to make the, the transference over to um, the singularity of relationships, which right. is just... Having a phone that uh, is basically, you know, uh, a female Hal 9000. She's like Sally 9000. Siri. So the uh, can you have sex with this phone, though? Uh, no, you, you can't, you know, engage in intercourse with the phone. Okay, well, that's a drawback, I would say, between mm -hmm. having a... But the phone itself has become kind of like the pocket nudie uh, pick of the 21st century. Um, now, Sean, do you recall a time where, did, did you ever have a, a nudie pic that you carried with you in your wallet, like it was an ID card? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, it was, good. Yeah, it was tucked away in that like one secret area of your wallet that was in the back. You're like, yeah, I'll, yeah. Keep, it, I'll keep it here. Exactly. Where, so where did you get yours from? Um, I think mine was torn from the pages of a uh, Playboy magazine. My friend, as a kid, had uh, his dad had a subscription. 
Oh, excellent. You always got to have that pal. Yeah, He's yeah. got the, the dad, the playboy dad, you know? And, and the thing was, is he kept him out in the garage. Just complete access. Like, it was like, and a cabinet that was our height, but he had him stacked up, and my friend would always take him out and, like, put a piece of paper, you know? To yeah, remem- yeah, remember where the one Exactly, you was. had to put that piece of paper in there so nothing got messed up, because you always thought, yeah, he's cataloging these. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cataloging them. Well, mine was uh, Pamela Anderson printed out uh, on like a uh, like an early color printer. It wasn't like a laser printer or anything either. It was like it was a pretty slow printer, and it was actually my uh, Mormon friend Sean. Um, I won't say his last name. I don't want to embarrass him. Sean's house, different okay. Sean. Yeah. Um, In fact, his name wasn't even Sean. Yeah, this guy, him and I were, were uh, we, you know, we would we would like steal his dad's Jaguar when we were like fourteen and go pick up girls and like drive on the freeway at like one hundred twenty five miles. So an hour. you're basically Ferris Bueller's day off. Bow bow, bow bow. And for the remainder of this uh, radio program, we'll be showing you Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> yeah. No visuals, just the sound. Danke schön, darling, danke schön. And that's the movie. It pretty much is. It pretty much is. Oh, Janie. Will Janie Bueller... Is that her name in the, in the movie? Uh, uh, Christopher... Wait, what's her name? Gray? Jennifer Gray? Jennifer Gray. Yeah, her Janie? character? Yeah, is that is yeah. her name Janie? Or is uh, that Janie, just, I think. Janie, yeah. okay. Because she's baby in DD, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. D squared. D squared, right, D squared. And then Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was the like bad guy who tried to pick up on her in the... Yes. In yes, both yeah. Sheen and Estevez... The the Stevas. yeah the Stev the Stev and the in the Sheen, um, the you know the two um, little seeds of the great president Martin Sheen um, have both both are characters inside the John Hughes verse. Um, John Hughes, of course, being the late filmmaker of you know Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, Weird Science, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of wonderful, Pretty in Pink. Um, so the right John Hughesiverse just it, it incorporates these things. Yeah, it, 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 most of the the films take place in and around the fake city of Shermer, Illinois, which is supposedly some sort of suburb of Chicago. Hmm. Um, and uh, this 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 model of, of of kind of intertextuality in cinema um, in a non series was something that Kevin Smith kind of ripped off, but like made like a little too obvious like he you know he would just specifically say characters that like were in the last movie just so he could like say like oh hey look they all exist in the same verse whereas like it's a little more subtle with with the Hughes verse where it's kind of like oh this is all like kind of that same weird little suburb of Chicago yeah and it's just it's it's interesting and you don't have to like it's not like some goofy inside joke like like it is in the the viewers universe but how did we get into this conversation to begin with? We were talking. We about started that. talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how do how do we get to this topic? Well, we discussed a variety of other topics and then came to this topic. So uh, we'll take a brief break and uh, we'll try to remember what we were talking about right here on Evening Handsome. And we're back on Evening Handsome, brought to you by MorningHandsome.com and LiberalGuiltRadio.org. So, um, 
I believe that what we were talking about before was robo girlfriends. Um, and we were talking about the nudie uh, shot that you would have in your wallet. That's true. And um, the nudie shot um, in the wallet has now been replaced by the iPhone. It's kind of, I, I call the iPad the most expensive porn magazine in the world, <laughs> and the iPhone is kind of like the most expensive nudie pic in the world. Yeah. Um, obviously, it has other functions, but you know. One of the, the great things about it is, you know, on my iPhone, I got like Yelp and Netflix and, you know, mail and all the things that I need. I also have pictures of Hermione's pubic hair. You know? <laughs> uh, I remember that day. Uh, question, though. You, uh... Oh, it looks like we got a guest here on Morning Handsome. We'll be right back. Brought to you by MorningHandsome.com and LiberalGuiltRadio.org. We're joined in Handsome Headquarters today by my illustrious co-host, Sean Moses, as well as my cousin, Russell Edmund Lindgren III. Okay, I don't go by that name. Uh, Rusty. Rusty. His name is Rusty. Uh, and uh, we are here to uh, discuss all of the shit that is going on. Fleet Week was happening uh, a couple weeks ago here in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, boats, and planes, planes, planes flying around. And like, I was just like so disappointed in how excited that you know it made me like that. I would be like sitting in the middle of a meeting, like talking about something serious, and then like a whole bunch of fucking planes would fly by, and I get oh, there's a plane. I'm just like immediately turned into like a five year old at the fucking airport. <laughs> like you're obsessed with the planes, so um, but um, you know it actually made me made uh, Rusty made me wish that you were there to do uh, your your legendary performance art piece entitled Top Gun, um, and like you know it, I just really felt like up there on the 32nd floor getting like the tower buzzed by the Blue Angels it was like I just I felt the need for speed I'm sorry I got lost in that oh oh I'm sorry Joe Satriani just came in here and decided to mouth his his own song yeah that was 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 that the Satch was that the Satriani whoever it was I mean he laid it down that's a timeless anthem (laughs) yeah it is pretty good I wish I can actually play that one you want to hand me the guitar oh yeah let's let's get it going hold on let me just drop these let me just drop these headphones he's putting down the cans we're gonna grab a guitar here and uh, we're gonna play the the lick from um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one yeah that's a good guitar why'd you hit my guitar I was making noise for the people so they could hear that there was a guitar being passed You know, the line was long and fucking yeah. finally get up to the flight deck and it And you're like, oh, this is fucking sick. I'm sitting in this ride and it's a roller coaster. Ladies and gentlemen, he's referring to the ride Top Gun at um, uh, Paramount's Great America. It is no longer Paramount's Great America. And since they lost the, uh, since Paramount lost the park, the park lost the license for Top Gun. And instead, the, the uh, ride has been changed to the more generic sounding 
Flight deck. Flight deck. To which to me, me and my my um, cohorts have elected to rename once again poop deck, um, because uh, poop is funny. I actually spray painted it on the ride and everything. But you guys <laughs> did a good job. That was that was. I mean, like it looked like it should. I mean, I you know I lost my hat. I had this multi league umpire hat that was like from years ago. I loved it. It was kind of mesh truckerish hat. And it was it was fun wearing it, and then I lost it on the Top Gun. There's a pic- I have a picture of me like um, wearing the hat, and then there's like a picture of me afterwards like where's the hat? <laughs> but, like I took a picture I took the picture of the picture on the screen, you yeah. know, and like the you know, the guy got mad at me like you can't do that. And I was like I just did, flight deck man. Why don't you go do that blue screen recreation of Star Trek Three? <laughs> you remember they had that, ladies and gentlemen. They had this terrible thing. This is kind of an internet meme. You can watch people's family videos of this, where your family would volunteer to do this segment at the, the, the Paramount theme parks, where you would dress up like Klingons and Starfleet officers and reenact uh, several scenes from um, the Star Trek movies. Um, and like several actors from the original series, including Jimmy Duhan, famously played Scotty. Jimmy Duhan. Jimmy Duhan, who actually um, lost part of his hand, his, I don't know if it was left or right hand, in the D-Day Normandy invasion um, during World War. You know, you II. know, it's like a little part of his hand, like not yeah, the finger. Yeah, but if you go or... back and watch the early episodes, like Scotty's always like standing with his hand behind his back. Oh, Captain, I don't want um, you to see that my thumb is fucked up. I just lost like a thumbnail or something. Like no, it's, dude, it's, part, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, they, they've never really shown it, but like it's gnarly from what I've heard it described as. Um, but anyway, yeah, so you used to be able to like reenact a scene and then they would like play it back and then you could buy the tape. It was just whole rackets. You should go on the internet and just search like Star Trek Great America and you'll just see like endless different families like badly reenacting it's so bad and they're like wearing the worst like had the worst 80s clothes there's one that's this family is so like they all have like the same like uh uh red um curly uh hair that like annie has in little orphan annie you know what i mean and they all have like terrible glasses and like kind of squirrel teeth and they're all (laughs) dressed up (laughs) <laughs> in like Klingon and Star and Starfleet outfits, talking to Fat Scotty on a green screen or blue screen. Oh, still the show though. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they had a similar attraction at uh, Universal Studios that was. Um, Remember the Make Your Own Music video? Sorry, not to sidetrack you. Yeah, it was Back to the Future. Was that was that was that reenactment? Yeah, they had Make Your Own Music videos too. Just kind of like the precursor to that Roberta Black. Was it the girl? The Friday. Oh, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, like she kind of did a similar thing to that, but you would, but I, you didn't write. They didn't write you a song though. Like you picked like no, it was like karaoke, but you got to do yeah. it in a music like, video. Okay, you get to these. dance around your favorite TLC song. Basically, green screen behind you playing just like I don't know Starburst stuff and like yeah. you know Galaxy and just. I wonder who was working there. Like who was like went to like you know USC film school and <laughs> like you're like, I'm gonna be the next Coppola man. And you know they end up uh, editing together like. Yeah, but don't you know that? Don't you know they took it as like, no man, this is just like, this is just like you know parody of modern life talking on you know they they could they could make something out. Yeah, of that. that actually yeah that actually is kind of like a pretty cool like postmodern job like man I'm just like 
making endless recyclings like generated by the next generation of spawn that doesn't even know that what they're doing is just a regurgitation of a regurgitation, almost, almost regurgitation, regurgitation right there. of a regurgitation like and that was how Quentin Tarantino started <laughs> no he worked at like a it was like not like a video store but like a video library or something, something yeah like I think that's what those video stores were called yeah they were called video library video library okay video cool. library yeah yeah, Rusty, you're a pretty good, you're a pretty good uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino expert. Which would you say is his finest film? Uh, it's not even a competition. It's definitely uh, Pulp Fiction. It is a fine choice. It is like a well crafted um, and innovative. What's narrative. His, more, what, okay, because the, you asked the question, what is his finest film? Yeah. What's his worst film? It his worst film. Oh God, the Grindhouse uh, movie was fucking terrible. It had its moments. I like the part where fucking dialogue of these butterflies, horrible acting. The Rodriguez piece with I think was way better. Uh, you know what? They both sucked, and they both should not have happened. Mm-hmm. I did like the driving opinions of the Grindhouse series. Yeah, you know, Death Proof was stupid. It was Planet a dumb Terror movie, was, but like as Planet was come on the knifey thing, the, <laughs> the guy that cut up everyone's balls. Fucking, really, come on. <laughs> but it was funny. Like knew what it was. Like that it was a bad grindhouse movie. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it wasn't in the, I thought the previews were awesome. Yeah, the previews, and I'm pretty sure that those were. I mean, every oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the interstitial previews. Yeah, and like Machete came out of that. Anyway, the reason I say that Pulp Fiction was the finest film was because. It's the best, it's most well done film. Reservoir Dogs not a well done film. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's shot on crummy film stock and it's it's just it, okay. So you pick the best and the worst. People in the middle, the one in the middle. Uh, you know that's tough to say because he's pretty excellent across the board. Yeah. If I had to pick my favorite outside of Pulp Fiction, I'd actually Inglorious. Inglorious Bastards is up there. I think yeah. it's all that might also be. On par with finest film, that is definitely. What about what about the Kill Bill? The first Kill Bill had some had some good moments. Uh, no, no, I'd say Jackie Brown. Jackie uh, Brown is like a is, is definitely a better a film. movie than well acted. Uh, well acted. I mean the plot and twist. <laughs> that that movie was good. Why do you think? Well acted. It's a well acted, well written, no, well directed movie. It's, it's pretty just, easy to pinpoint like, why it, a movie's good. Yeah, do you like ha- not have to? One of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies isn't a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's True, True Romance, Romance yeah. and it's uh, High written by him, and yeah. it's uh, scored uh, Hans Zimmer by Hans Zimmer, who's later went on to do Gladiator and the. And, and that was kind of well, stuff. he was big before that, but he's just it's he's a fine one of composer. Better, yeah, he's one of his one of the better composers of our. It's not time. a great film. I mean, uh, the, the Tony it's Scott, fun though. Right? Was it Tony Scott that did that? Yeah, I think so. And the the the, the, the character at the, the end. TV here. The character at the end, um, the filmmaker's character is like kind of that I'm Oliver sure Stone esque, like. Get that pretty, wrong. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's. We're Tony, looking though. We're looking. And uh, Christian Slater plays like the yes. guy who falls in, and Gary Oldman like. Gary Oldman. Uh, <laughs> he's like this like this pimp? drug dealer or no pimp he's guy. Pimp. He's like, is this white? Does this look like white boy day to you? <laughs> He's so good. Like he's, he's so good. good. He's movies. like this, this like classically yourself, trained man. British actor, just like Fucking playing this like this like wannabe. Are we talking about Jackie Brown? Trash. No, we're talking about True Romance. True Romance. Okay. Which actually, I mean, I think that Quentin Tarantino is kind of a he's a great, he's a great director, but I kind of like I like his writing almost more than I like his directing sometimes, and like that's a good example of like you really get to see how good his writing is in films that he he didn't direct. Yeah, it's directed by Tony Scott. And, and, and a sort of cross of this is um, 
Natural Born Killers, which I think is like has a really a lot of good themes and ideas there's, and characters, but it was directed by Oliver too. Stone, who I'm a big fan of, big fan of Stone. But I feel like he was the wrong uh, filmmaker to make uh, that movie. I feel like uh, Quint- if Quentin Tarantino, it's an awful movie. If Quentin Tarantino had, had directed that film, I think it would have been no, classic. But it's said, a quote, dreary unquote, nightmare. Said, quote unquote, they killed, they aborted my baby. I'm paraphrasing there, actually. <laughs> he's a quote unquote. Quote unquote, bam, they killed my baby. I'm paraphrasing. But, well, but the, he meant aborted. The themes and, and ideas in that are like the, kind of the most purely Tarantino out of all of his work. I mean, it's like kind of the most just like um, explosive combination of all the things that make his films great. Just like the hypersexuality, the hyperviolence, the um, the verbosity and uh, the cleverness. And the, the, ultra well, the, the, the hyperviolence is also uh, it, it's also a reflection of like. To what ends does a good person? What, what constitutes a good person? Yeah. The ending scene of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> if you want to tie these together, that whole it's a, it's sadism. Uh, a little bit of it is uh is masochism on behalf of uh, Bruce Willis's character because you know he breaks into this shit and you know he's bringing all this on himself. You know, cheating, not taking the money, and then there's a sadism. This guy's getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> By these guys. God, that is like my least favorite moment. I can't make that no, my favorite. But, 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 but then there's but then you <laughs> realize that that scene is hot to do so long. Good, they're both good people though, right? They do they do right by each other, even though and the whole idea of true romance, if you if you step back and take a look at that film, it's the same thing. Uh-huh. These two people are are getting involved in the drug deal. They keep going down the wrong road instead of just you know, yeah, remember when all the coke they, goes on that guy's that uh, guy's face when he and then he gets pulled over by the cop? Oh yeah, it's Balky. It's fucking Balky. Oh, you know who's awesome in that movie too? Who is, is who? Who is Balky? Um, Balky's the guy from Perfect Strangers yeah. and but, well, um, what's what's the Beverly actor's Hills name? Cop. Who the fuck knows who that is? Uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson what? Pinchot or no? It's gonna be right. How do you spell Balky? Thomas Pinchot. I'm fucking googling Balky right now. But so, um, James Gandolfini plays a heavy in that movie, um, in True Romance. He's very good. Um, let's see. And then Brad Pitt has one of his uh, early small role. I don't know if this is pre or post Thelma and Louise, where he kind of made his splash as a sex symbol, but he plays like the stoner dude on the couch who <laughs> has like, he's always, he always has this like, uh, uh, you know, those honey bear, Rocks plastic honey sure. bears, but it's like, it's a bong. And then I think the gangsters kill him and it's kind of sad, but. <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah, by the way, if you haven't that. seen um, uh, Bless You, May the Force Be With You. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, uh, I, I, I'm one of those assholes who are like, oh, the whole movie, blah, 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 I'm going to tell you the whole movie. And I'm like, spoiler alert, after I told you the whole movie. And the spoiler alert is, it was Earth all along, fucking Rosebud's a sled. Sonic <laughs> Green is people. <laughs> yeah, Sonic Green's people. And Darth Vader's a sled. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Let's see what else can we get fucking. Oh, Norman Bates is actually dressed up like his mom and kills a girl in the shower. Little known fact. Um. No, actually, uh, I never <laughs> Thank you, Rusty, for just, just, just let it ring out. Like that last note in, you know, one Beatles song. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't, yeah, you know well, I don't know why you're playing. So is that like some you know intermediate kind of uh, interstitial? 
It was kind of a little bit of interstitch. Yeah. I don't know. We're just we're jamming tonight. We're just goofing it's, around. Yeah, it's free flow. It's free flow. Evening You're handsome. so constricted. You're so like you know structured. We have fun here. We have fun. I'm not even talking about you. You're having fun. We're, uh, yeah, I hope so. Yes, I think you're in a better mood now. I'm sorry. We're fighting, man. I don't, I don't like fighting with you. You're my. You're the closest to a brother I have. You know what I mean? And I guess that's why. I guess we're that's really why fighting. I, I just fired back because you were talking some shit. Yeah. Well, you started it. No, no, I put that thought. I want you to re-record that. Started it. No, he started it. He said. But you came onto my microphone, chewing chewing Oreos and and. Because I'm awesome and I've got gorilla balls and I just let them hang out. That's why. Literally, he brought. He got. Really, yeah. He like cut these balls off. Like, yeah, I got these. There's this fucking. I pound my chest. Most people have. um, Rusty hunts a lot, but well, most people have like their hunting lodge filled with. The uh, heads of their their prey on the wall. Rusty has an interesting collection with this, the testicles of all of the animals he's slain slain over the years uh, on his wall. It's actually kind of a, a, a beautiful effect when you it come is. in. The, it's like it's if you the, the right kind of lighting, it it really it really sings. You know, it's really beautiful. <laughs> Rusty has yeah. a response to this, I believe. I just that's just ridiculous. <laughs> That is just ridiculous. Where do you come up with this? You keep telling me I'm like this homophobe, but all you do is talk about balls. I just said I got gorilla ball. That's it. Because it's true. Yeah, but they're my balls. No, but then he went gay animal on it. He went like all these other balls. All I said was my balls are gorilla balls. I come from a gorilla family. So wait, are you saying that gay humans aren't animals? They gotta like segregate them between gay animals? Oh, come on. Humans are not considered animals animals in science. They are, but no one refers oh, to them as that. They they're are, well. no, they're different species than an animal. That's ridiculous. Not. That's that's like you can, obviously everything's an animal. They were seen alive, but there is a there is a there is a distinction. There is a distinction between us and everyone else. Is there any other animal so is a, is that carries a animal? naked is picture? A is there any other creature I mean, okay. that carries a Wait, naked what, picture so. in their fur? Wait, what, what, are they, what kingdom are they in? They're an animal. Is there any? Are there any animals yeah, who sext? Do animals what? sext? No. We do. That is why we rise, like the planet of the apes. Well, look at a Rustle. Rustle. Bacteria are not animals. That's what I said. I believe they're bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> Bacteria can best be described as bacterial. Well, but that's okay. But that's just a that's like a uh, that's like a, okay. Science recognizes this is that it's not like so a. Yeah. So if there's something that's not an animal, then calling a human. Well, animal. okay, yeah, but right, but like that, you realize that's just a language thing. That's like a semantic thing. So is there a living thing that's? Not you could be both. Morningstar, Morningstar, Northstar. Humans are both animals and a considered a metaphysically different thing, right? We have special privileges and rights that don't exist for other animals. Some people think that's wrong, but they're playing, they're playing into the whole like, uh, you know, we can build buildings and apes can't. I mean, there is a difference there. There's a more of a responsibility kind of aspect, which makes us different. So you can say that. Well, I have and, one question to, to close out the show, though. It's just a language thing. Speaking of the language thing, if the the apes did rise here in America, which they, um, which they did. Um, why do they all speak in British accents? I'm gonna let you hang out with that. We'll see you next time on Evening Handsome. Here on liberalguiltradio.org and morninghandsome.com. 
Have a good rest of your week, folks.